Hi there, time for podcast 93 from Football Aranya, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Stade and I'm joined by Football Aranya founder Mike Bell. We're going to be talking about quite a few things today, as usual, on our Dutch football podcast. Um, And you can listen to this on YouTube, SoundCloud or iTunes. Wherever you're listening, drop us a like and leave us some comments about what you're thinking about what we talk about today. Um, What would you think about PSV being winter champion? They are top of the table going in at Christmas. Ajax second, final, third. We'll be discussing each of those teams. Louis van Gaal has come out and said that Netherlands, he believes, can win the World Cup at the end of 2022. He also drops a hint about the potential formation that he might play. And yes, it is a different one to 4-3-3. Uh, and lots more to talk about with the Eredivisie too. Mike, how are you doing? And um, have you been enjoying the Eredivisie lately? Yeah, um, I'm all good. And I think that the Eredivisie gone into the new year, there's quite a lot that still has to be decided. You know, I think a lot of people might have expected the Ajax to run away with the title, but we're actually a, a title race going into 2022. And even at the bottom, it's close. There could be a couple of shock teams going down. Um, there's managerial changes left, right and centre at the moment. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be a big 2022. And at the end of it, we've got the World Cup. And it has been interesting to see what, what Van House said today. And going forward so yeah I think that we've got a big tie race on our hands we've got an interesting January transfer window a number of Dutch players could be on the move and then yeah we've got the the World Cup to cap it all off so yeah I'm excited about next year. And of course Dutch teams in Europe with all five still competing in European competition four in the Europa Conference League which I've enjoyed as a competition um, from a Dutch football perspective anyway and I think that that has been the saving grace of of teams staying in Europe and, and competing at a good level um, I'm surprised that you haven't gone with a PSV shirt today, considering your prediction of PSV winning the title is on is on track at the moment against what belief of many many people, including myself. I've gone with an RZ one today. It's one of the only few I own that are Dutch football t-shirts. Um, what, why are PSV top of them, Mike? Because when I when I look at it, I see that they've scored a lot of lot of late goals, and that is the reason why they're they're top of the table. I mean, it's obvious they score goals and they've won games, though. It, it feels a little false, in my opinion. Uh, they've not had their best players fit for long periods, uh, but Schmidt's tactics of swapping players after an hour or after 70 or 80 minutes in most games has worked because top of the table and they're still going late into games and scoring goals. That's how I see it. Yeah, I think that what you have to say about the biggest strength for this PSV side is that they don't give up going and waiting to... Games like a lot of the goals come in the last ten minutes, and that is testament to the players um, keep fighting mm-hmm. and uh, the substitutions that are getting made. I mean, the past month we've seen Maxi Romero come back into the side, and he's come up trumps a couple of times late in, in games. And I think that you can say that PSV haven't been the best team this season, um, but at the moment they're probably the most reliable one because they've not been dropping silly points against teams that they should be beating at home. Um, at home, they're, they're beating the teams that you expect them to, whereas Ajax are prone to, to a clangor here and there. And that's something that Ten Hag needs to sort out going into the new year, because if it continues in the same vein, you know, PSV can win the title. But I think that what PSV need to do in the new year, if they are going to win it, is they need to beat the big teams. And yeah. are they capable of, of beating Feyenoord and, and Ajax when they come up against them next year? That'll be the big testament. 
you know, I can't see PSV being very active in the transfer market. So I think they'll be looking to try and get Zahavi and, and Madueke back and go full strength for the second half of the season. Where well, I think well strength in the the positions that they're weakest at, which is a backup striker. Brian Brobby's basically in now. According to all reports, it's done. And then we'll see if they can get Bergvine, which seems a lot tougher now that he actually played a game for Tottenham and actually did well. So we'll see if that comes off. But I think Ajax will strengthen in January, whereas I'm not sure PSV are going to to do anything. Whereas you'd probably say that there's still question marks over the goalkeeper. Yeah, Joel Drummond's left in a lot of goals. He has the lowest um, XG save percentage in the league. Ulas um, Unastol actually has the highest, who they got rid of to Twente in the summer. And looking at their fixtures, we said about how those games against the big teams will be vital. You are right, because Schmidt hasn't got that right so far with PSV. And even when he plays against good teams in Europe too, teams who are of the level of Ajax, um, Monaco, Real Sociedad, it hasn't gone that well really, has it? I'm looking at the, the fixtures. They've got Ajax at the end of January, RZ at the start of February, Vitesse also after RZ. They play Feyenoord in May, one of their last fixtures of the season. But Ajax, RZ and Vitesse all in a row. It, that could be so, so important for their season. We're looking at them being top now. Will they be in mid-February? That's where I think they, they might lose out because Schmidt has yet to, to prove to his critics that he can win those big games. But I have to say, if he can get Cody Capo fit, every, playing every single game, which he has just started to do in this winter period. Um, Nani Madueke hasn't been on his top form this season, but if he can get back fit and back to his best, they've got tons of goals in their side. And even if it's not the best defensively, they're going to outscore their opponents. Yeah, I think that what we've seen is, you know, Zahavi's been injured and Madueke has been injured out, but the players that have come in for them have stepped up. You know, Bruma, yeah. who looked like a lost cause in the summer, has come in. You know, Ritsu Doan as well, he's done he's done a job for them. And we're not seeing the best of them yet, but Carlos Vinicius has stepped in with a couple of goals. And yeah. I think that what Schmidt's done is he's created the, the right balance in the team. You've seen Gutierrez come into midfield, you know, they signed Davy Proper in the summer and he's done absolutely nothing so far. There's some issues with injuries, but he seems to be back up for the backup at the moment. And even Marco Van Hinkle can't get back into the, the side because it seems that Sangari and Gutierrez are now the the preferred choice in the midfield and they've been doing well um, since they've started that, that partnership. And they do have... The players to to win the title, you know, Mario Guzzo, not even discussed him yet. He's not having the, the greatest of seasons, but he's a top quality player that, when it comes to those big games, can make a difference. And if yeah. they come up against Ajax and Ajax aren't at their best, you know, PSV can can beat them. And it's the same way, you know, they should be going into games against AZ and, and Vitesse to win those games. It's just the ones finer to, to the team. It come, could come down to the fact that they've got to beat them in May. And it seems that Feyenoord are a tricky team for PSV at the moment. And I can even see Feyenoord strengthening in January if they do get Joey Beerman in. So they could make a late push because I never expected Feyenoord to be still in with a shout, but they are definitely. I think Slot's done a great job there. So right now it's a free horse race. PSV are winning it at the moment, but they need to, to keep up their trajectory, get the players fit 
and and Schmidt needs to to get his tactics right. If they do that, then who knows? They could be the the team that that lifts the title because you know Ajax are in the Champions League. They could get distracted by that. I think if you offered Schmidt either the Conference League or their divisi, he's got to take their divisi every single time. So they might prioritise that. Whereas Ajax are looking to make the Champions League quarterfinals last four. That might prove a bit of a distraction going forward as well. Which it might not be if Ajax are not top of the table by the time they have to play Benfica. I want to talk about final two. You mentioned Slot. Yeah, fantastic. I think he has proven me wrong. And he's also shown that he can. he's taken final already from being this team that nearly got knocked out by a Kosovan team in July that were so awful to watch. I remember this time a year ago in our podcast, we... We slated Feyenoord and we, I actually remember the podcast was called Feyenoord in Crisis, question mark, because it felt like they were just so dreadful and, it, and they, were, they were going stale again, having already gone through a few changes a couple of years back. And under Avocat, he was getting a few results, but the football was boring. His style um, was sit back, wait for the mistakes of the opponent. And Slot is just taking initiative and he's, he's changed it all so, so much. The fact that they're only three points behind PSV. It shows that how good a job they're doing. They're scoring goals to fun. Um, I want to talk about a few of those players that are scoring goals to fun in, in a moment. Yeah, I, I think that if if PSV in final can keep pushing, Ajax, yeah, we've got a great title race. But they've definitely gone above expectations, haven't they, Feyenoord? Yeah, I think that it's night and day to what it was last season under Advocate. I mean, Advocate, that was just terrible. I mean, I think Feyenoord fans hated him by the end of it because mm. the football was terrible. He wasn't giving youngsters a chance. They weren't really going anywhere. And, and everything's just been turned around by Banner Slot. You've got to say that they're, they're scoring goals. They've got, he's got the best out of the players in the field. You know, Kotchu's coming into his best form and there's youngsters coming through as well and getting a chance. You know, there's on the bench recently, there's been quite a few young talents given an opportunity, even in the, the Conference League game they've, they've given youngsters a chance that are going to be there in the next couple of years as regulars and I think that the signings they made in the summer were smart I think Dessers has proved to be a great signing off the bench you know Gus Till's got was it 10 goals in the league he's been a great signing on loan and the ones that have come in for the defence Pedersen Trauner all been above expectations of what I had um, for finals. I think they've Recruitment-wise, Arneson's done a good job. And if they can do that in January, if they can bring in Joey Veerman, which is the, the big rumour, then I think that strengthens them going into the second half of the season because it provides competition. And even if they brought in Veerman, you could say that they could afford to lose Kotchu because they have someone that's as good or, or better coming in. So, yeah, I think that final fans can be definitely satisfied with what's happened so far in the season. And you even say that there's more to come as well because we've not seen the best of... Reese Nelson or Johan Bakash since they've come back. So there's there's still more they can get out of this side. And if they can push that a little bit further, then they can challenge the top two. Let's talk about Erkin Kotchu. I think if he was Dutch, we'd be talking about him even more, um, which is a, a sad, I think, I suppose. But in the Eredivisie, you have to think that he has improved this season. He has a great uh, pass percentage, I think it is. He's, he's great on the ball, what he does off it. He's not known for scoring goals, but I know final fans have been very happy with him 
this season so far. There are also a few that do criticise his lack of involvement around the box. Being a final midfielder, you'd think that he'd add a bit in that respect. What are your views on Kochi? Yeah, I think he's been a, a player that, you know, we've seen linked to, to bigger clubs. I think it was Arsenal a couple of years ago that were heavily linked. I think Leicester have been heavily linked. And obviously, I've, I've never really been that impressed with him over the past couple of years. But this season, I think he's he stepped up his game. I think he, yeah. he does the easy stuff very well. Where he gets the ball, he plays it forward. He doesn't lose it very often. He makes the right choices in midfield, and that's a big benefit because a lot of players don't do that. And I think he's not as good as Frankie De Jong, but he's finer as Frankie De Jong at the moment. Where he's picking up the ball, he's he's playing it forward, he's getting finer moving forward, he's doing the dirty work in the midfield. And yes, he doesn't score enough goals, but that's not really part of his his game at the moment. So I think that if Feyenoord want to raise money and we've, we've talked before about their the main reason that their their struggles are is because a lot of the players leave on a free and they don't do contract situations well and they don't get the, the, the money for the players that they bring through coach mm-hmm. is the one that they're looking at now to say he could bring in some money either in january or in the summer he could go for 15 million especially if he keeps playing well for for turkey then you never know um it's a shame that he doesn't Represent the Netherlands anymore. Um, I think with midfield options, you want as many as possible for the Netherlands. But I think he is a player that's definitely stepping up his game. He's still very young. And I think he will make a move eventually to a top league, either in January or, or the summer. And I can see him excel. And he's, he's just a player that every single side wants because he, he doesn't lose the ball. And yeah, I think that Feyenoord fans are, are right to have praised him for the work he's been doing in the, the past past few months because he has been a key reason why Feyenoord is still in the title race. Absolutely. And I, I think he was a consideration when it came to the my Eredivisie team of the season so far. I put it up on my Twitter and I also put it up on the Football Adani website. Go and check it out because I give explanations to why I've chosen some of these players. But I want to get my team up, Mike, and I want to hear your thoughts on it and what you would change. Because, of course, with these teams, there's always disagreements. No one's ever perfectly right. But I did, I did sit there for a while thinking, like, who else could have fit in and reasons why I picked one player or another. In the end, I went with Unastal as a goalkeeper from Twente, uh, Pedersen from Feyenoord at right-back, Timber and Martinez, the Ajax centre-back combination, and at left-back, I've gone with Vitek from Vitesse. Then midfield, I went with Sangare, PS3's best player, easily. Um, Tronstad from Vitesse was my sort of left-field choice of the team. And Hustil as a number 10 from Feyenoord. And then I've gone with Ajax's Tadic and RZ Carlsen on the wings and Brian Linton as the main striker from Feyenoord. I say that the strikers were the hardest thing to pick because you have Linton, Openda, um, Allaire, all scoring in double figures this season, the strikers. But I think Linton has been one of the, the poster boys for, for Arna Slot and how he's changed the team into this side that can press really high. And Linson's a big part of that. He's not even a striker by trade. He's played there for the last couple of years. But this season, he's taken it to another level with what he's done. That's why I chose him as a striker. But yeah, any, any disagreements there, Mike? I mean, I think it's it's a good side. And I think you're you're right in most of the sides. And I guess things like this in teams like these, they're always based on personal preference and, and players that you like and players that, you know, you could say that Ajax fans will come in and say, 
Where's Alvarez? Where's Haller? Where's Anthony? Um, As one did. <laughs> I mean, I'm not shocked, but you know they can't just have the Ajax team in there just because Ajax play the best football. You need to have a good mix up, and I think that you're you're right in, in most of your selections. I think that Wittex had a great season for Vitesse in the Eredivisie and in Europe. Mm. I think you say Pedersen's had a strong campaign so far for for Feyenoord. I think you got Mizrawi who could have been in there, but you know Mizrawi's had some injury issues as well mm. so he hasn't really played that much which is the same with Gakpo you know Gakpo when he does play he's, he's excellent so you know he might have crept into my team but he has had his in- injury issues and you can't really argue that Carlson's been the main man for, for AZ recently you've got Winston scoring left right and centre um, which is a far cry from, from last year when he was ridiculed by most yeah. including me for being a player that can't score any goals so I think he deserves to be there I think if you look at the midfield, Sangari's has been PSV's top player. Um, I think Tronstad's had a good season. You know, I can make an argument for for Joey Veerman. I know here and Veen haven't been at their best, but I think he is still being their, their top player and he shines week in, week out, even if his teammates don't. Um, and the stats that he's putting up going forward and defensively for a midfielder are are excellent based on tackling and, and key passes created, chances created. It's not his fault that his teammates are, are messing up in front of goal because if, if they had more clinical players, then you know, Joey Beerman would be looking at double figures for assists. Um, so I think what he's been doing for Herenveen has been excellent and that's why he will move in, in January, I suspect, to either Feyenoord or a club abroad because he needs to now show himself in a, a better team because... You can't just keep being the best player for Herenveen because it's not going to get him to that next level and that Netherlands call-up that I think that he'll eventually get once he does move to the top yeah. side. I think yeah. if he went to, to Feyenoord in January, I think if he does replace Kochu, he gets called up for Netherlands within two to three months. That's what I would say. Yeah, let's talk about um, the Netherlands. Let's talk about what Louis van Gaal's got to consider. He mentioned about a formation change potentially. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But you said Joey Veerman. Realistically, can he really get into the Netherlands selection? I know you put a poll up on Twitter, Mike, and I think it was something like 60% said yes. So if Veerman gets a move in January and plays well in 2022, he would get a Netherlands call-up um, playing for a team like Feyenoord. Do, do you really think that, that 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 might happen? I mean, I'm kind of toying with the idea, thinking he might get in the squad. He's 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 someone who's shown great quality for Herd and Vane, but can he step it up if he was with a top side? You've got him to consider. I guess the only other person I could look at at the moment who might get a call up, just looking at the Oda's team of the season so far, Brian Linson, but he's so late in his career. I don't think there's a place for him. I think he's just a level of quality below. But that's, you know, is that where Joe Veerman sits as well? Or is he someone who has got the potential to, to stretch himself further? I think he definitely has the potential to stretch himself further. And I do think that as soon as he gets to a top club, he will, will shine. We've seen it before with Hakim Ziyech. You know, he went from here and being to 20, stepped up his game, went to Ajax. And now he's mm. at Chelsea and he's playing Champions League and he's considered, when he's playing well, one of the best midfielders in in the world if he's if he's on, on form. So I think Vermin the next move for him is crucial. You know, I didn't like in the summer when he has been linked to Verona. I don't think that would have been the right move for him. I know he wanted it, 
because he wanted to be there in, in Verona. But I think if he went to to Feyenoord, his career trajectory would go go higher because what he's doing in a Heronvain side that lacks quality going forward, if you have better strikers and better wingers, the balls that he's putting in, the, the chances he's creating, you'll see his, his figures double. And I think if you're looking at the players that are getting into the Netherlands squad, Klaassen. you can see that Klaassen, Gravenberg, who, yes, he's very young and talented, but he's very, very ridiculed by Ajax fans at the moment for the way he's playing. But he Which seems is sad to because he's only 19 years old, isn't he? Yeah. And Gus Till, you know, as soon as he starts scoring goals for Feyenoord, he's in the, the Netherlands squad. So I think if you look at those players getting co-ops, you know, Bynaldum's not playing very well. They're in, and Coop Miners, they seem to be switching in and out of Atlanta's midfield. One plays one week, one plays the other week. There's room in that midfield for somebody that can do a defensive job and create chances. And I think that's what Joey Veerman is. And if he can do the job for Feyenoord, yes, he will get a co-op. And I think that taking his game to the next level is exactly what he needs to, to do to get that. And I hope he does move in January. No offence to, to Heronbane, but it is a club that's struggling at the moment to to challenge for Europe. And it's a, it's a club that's it's a mid-table club in Eredivisie right now. And they have mid-table players. So he needs to move. And I think that will happen in January. I hope it does, because I want to see him in a... A stronger side and see what he can do because he is the player in there to visit that I look at outside the top three or four that think that he does have a chance of being something special and we just need to see him get that chance mm, I, I look forward to, to seeing him in, in, a, in a shirt for Netherlands and, and can he, can he uh, get, get some minutes can he impress I, I'd like to see him move I think that Henovay know now that it's the time to sell they're going to be mid-table this season they're not going to be finishing with top Four, five, which I think they has ambition to do with a player like Beerman. Uh, but he actually has just been keeping them out of relegation trouble, I'd suggest. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd be open to that idea. We're seeing Klaus Till in an Evelyn shirt and you, you can't argue with that because he's scored so many goals and that's why I've chosen my team of the season so far. Let's go on to what Louis van Gaal said. He said that he believes Nevins can win the World Cup. I think that he would say that. I think a lot of managers that are in the World Cup would also say something like that. But it was also fascinating to hear him talk about himself. Van Hal saying that, well, you can call it arrogance, but it is also the fact that he does probably have really good abilities when it comes to um, how he deals with players, how he might see the game. And I think he has dropped a, a hint as to a formation change. The 4-3-3 is what we normally expect for the Netherlands. He's gone back to that since Frank de Boer left. But he has said since um, that he would be open to playing essentially five at the back again, but he wants to call it a one three four one two <laughs> in typical Louis van Gaal fashion, um, including the goalkeeper in case you haven't spotted it. And yeah, wingbacks. What, what do you think about that, Mike? Are we, are we going to be going back to that again? It did bring some success for them to Bert at the end of the day, didn't it? Yeah, I think that you've got to trust them because He's come in, he's got us to the World Cup and what he did in 2014 as well. Mm. You know, that you have to go back to that 2014 squad. And what, what people remember is that they were put in a group with, I seem to forget, they were put in a group with Spain and Chile. And everyone running up to that tournament was saying, everyone's going to get knocked out. Spain are going to beat them, Chile are going to beat them, and they're going to finish third in that group. And that's not what happened. You know, Van Hal beat Spain, beat Chile, 
and went to, to third place. And, you know, you're a, a Mascarano, Mascarano? Yeah, that's his name. Um, leg away from being in the final. So I I trust Van Hal that he knows what he's doing. Um, I think that playing five at the back, a lot of fans will see it as, as defensive, but when you've got players that everyone's have and the strengths that they do have on the sort of wing-back positions, you saw what Dumfries could do at the Euros. He has started to score goals for Inter. I think that playing him as, as right wing back is is smart. And even I think in an interview today, he's hinted that Dan Juma could be the left wing back, which I think would be very attacking, but very interesting because if you've got three central defenders who are strong and you're looking for the left wing back to push forward, is that going to be Daily Blind with his lack of pace? Probably not. Malasia could do a job, find out could do a job, but somebody like Dan Juma in there could also be very, very interesting in going forward. If you've got Dan Juma and Dumfries running in to support, say, Memphis and Gakpo, that is that is a potent attack. And I think that having options is exactly what Van Hal wants. You know, it, the team can play 4 free free. we've seen it, but he needs that option of being able to switch up. And if in the, the games that are to come next year, maybe the Nations League games, you might experiment and go five at the back. I'd quite like to see it against Belgium, maybe one of the tougher nations that we've faced recently. You know, maybe trial it with win backs and see how it, they get on. Um, and I think that it could be a success with the players that he has at his disposal. Mm. I think it did bring success with Dumfries coming coming from the right side, getting forward into the box. I think the left was more tricky because Van Arnhol ended up playing a, a play of his abilities. It's a little strange. And Vindal didn't take his chance. He didn't adjust to the level, which was sad because that position could have been his. And then you're, you're thinking, could it be somebody else? And, and Dan Jim, on the face of it, sounds really weird. But he did play Dirk Hout at right wing back and it worked. So you've got to trust him, like you said. I'd like to see it. Let's give it a go. Um, if anyone's listening to this thinking they have got an idea too, do, do drop it in the comments. It is interesting to hear what people think about how Netherlands could, could set up this game of opinions. And um, Van Hull is, is doing an out there choice himself. So what, what ideas has everybody else got? Um, I think I think Dan Jim on the left would be would obviously be an attacking threat. I think if you play Daley Blint at left centre-back, could be interesting. You've got um, De Vrij, Dilit and Van Dijk. We talked about it a lot, how they're three excellent, excellent centre-backs. It is a way of fitting them into the team. But you've got Daley Blint to also consider then in that position. Someone's excellent on the ball. I think the midfield then is up for, up for debate. Who goes next to Frankie de Jong? And there's plenty of people that could do that. I, I still think, though, that Vine Alden will never be dropped from the side. Um, someone who, who does deserve his place on his day but does seem to score a lot of goals and qualifiers and not really excel against those top opponents. He, he did for a time with Koeman, but has fallen back under the radar again and someone's gone a little bit missing. Uh, but that's just my view on that. I, I think, is there any, any work that you would do if you were Louis van Gaal, like in 2022? You've only got the Nations League games really to, to, to tinker with your team. Yeah, so he needs to try his formation out. I think the Nations League games do give them an opportunity to do that because they are facing 
Belgium, you expect them to beat Poland and you probably expect them to beat Wales as well. Um, they beat Poland home and away last time in the Nations League. So I'd expect Netherlands to not you know, finish bottom of that group and get relegated. So I think it is a perfect opportunity to experiment with some formations and some players. What we need to to see is what Van Adam's doing by that point. You know, he's not playing regularly for PSG at the moment. Is he going to leave the club in January? Then what happens then um, if he's a bench player he's not playing at all? I still think you're right. He seems to be a player that's just undroppable for Van Hal like Daily Blind is. But he'll get to a stage where he does have to look at other options. And one of the other options that I'd like to see him experiment with is is Berghaus as an attacking midfielder because it's worked yeah. well for Ajax. And if he's going to change the formation to not have wingers and rather have wing-backs, Berghaus is a number 10 instead of Klassen needs to be tried and, and tested because he's excelling at Ajax. He's keeping Klassen out of that side. Yeah. So why not give it a go? So I want to see that in the Nations League games. And if he's going to play with two through the middle, I think it would have to be Memphis and Gakpo for pace. But I'm also interested to see what Bergvine can do going forward now because during the last round of games, he was great. And he's, his goals were the reason that Netherlands are, are going to the World Cup right now. So, yeah. Um, I think Van Hal does have the room to to experiment. I don't think he has a a big list of players that can be called up for the first time. I think the squad is still pretty small, and I think he will keep it pretty small. I don't see, as he said during the the last round of games, he didn't really want to call up Sillison because he wanted it to be the same group, the same players meeting week in week out, so they get along. But. Unless there's somebody that really, really improves it. For instance, if Joey Veerman does go to Feyenoord and, and take up his game, he might be another chance, but I can't see him making any other big calls to bring in new faces. So I think he needs to experiment with the players he does have, and Berghaus is the one that seems to be striking that he does need to be tried at that number 10 position. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Berghaus behind Memphis, another striker. Wing backs coming forward, it, it it sounds good again. Going back to five at the back when we wanted to see rid of it for so long. And Dumfries is doing great with Inter Milan now. Hasn't he scored? Um, what do, do you know better than me, Mike? Before I get it wrong, Dumfries has scored some goals for Inter Milan. Yeah, three goals in his last four games. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah. he's definitely taking his, his game to the next level. Well, he's he took some time to adapt. I think some Inter fans got on his back for some mistakes. I think he gave away a penalty in one game and. I think all the people that, because Dumfries is a player that divides opinion. There's a lot of people that do not rate him at all for his defensive ability, which is fair. But going forward, he's a threat and he's now starting to to really take ownership of that right back slot at Inter Milan and it's great to see. Yeah, that's good news. And that's why you can see Van Hal being tempted to play a system like that. I think it'd be great to finish the podcast by talking about some more Eredivisie for those that, that enjoy talking about the whole Eredivisie table rather than just the top. And I, and I want to talk about Cumber, NEC, Nijmegen and Go Ahead Eagles, the three promoted sides all sitting neatly in mid-table when so many wouldn't have expected that. 
Hendy Young has had some some problems. So um, Pascal Bosshart has taken temporary charge off the team. Um, Maya's done a great job at NEC. And uh, go ahead, Kaysen Vondelen has said that he's leaving at the end of the season. But again, great job. I think they've all done it in their own different ways. Though. A combo of being quite attacking, haven't they? Either having to win or lose a game. They've only drawn one game all season. Go ahead of being very defensively resolute. And NEC are sort of balance in between but able to, to win games against mid-table opponents, it seems. So, yeah, like the, the, the three, three sides of, I think there will be mid-table at the end of the season too. They've just come up and, and, and done, a, done a fantastic job. Yeah, I think the all deserve praise for, it's very rare that you'd see three promoted clubs come up and not one of them be in the bottom three. Um, I don't have any stats on that. I can tell you if it's ever happened before, but, you know, you definitely don't see it very often and, the division is usually one that comes up and is basically the whipping boy of the league, and it's been none of this this year. So I, I think it's great. I think I tipped NSA to be one of the surprise teams of the season before it. I think that just the young players that they do have, and they brought in experience as well. I think somebody like Tavzan, he, he took some time. He wasn't getting games at the start of the season, but now he's on fire, and um, he's proven his quality on the wing. And they seem to just have. A strong defensive unit. You know, Kaz Odenthal's a great young defender. They've got good wing backs. They've got good midfield. We'll ask Shona in there. With Dirk Proper coming through. They've got in the attack. They've got Okita and, and Tavzan. I think all round, it's just a strong side that will finish mid table safely. And with Cambour, as you said, they seem to be going all gun ho and it works against the teams that are around them because they seem to be able to pick up wins against the ones that are also in the bottom half of the table. And they've I think they've lost. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're going to be an outside shout for Europe this year, which is crazy if it, considering that yeah. they came up top. Yes, they, they hammered everyone in the second division last year, but then they sold their best player. So I think they're being great. And yes, Keys Van Wondering, he is leaving, go ahead. And I think he's got a job lined up. Um, I think we'll all. I'd be very, very surprised if he isn't Groningen manager next year, um, considering that they're looking for one. And he's just decided that he's leaving. His <laughs> defensive qualities are exactly kind of what Danny Boyce had at the start. Have you just so figured that out? Have you figured out the million dollar question? That's a great spot. Yeah, so he's nailed on, basically. Um, I might be wrong, but I think the timing of it, them announcing that Boyce is leaving, then Van Wonderen announcing he's leaving. Go ahead, Eagles. I think it marries up, and I think for the coaches that they could attract, he is the best one available for them. So yeah, I'll I'll not be surprised if that's announced and it's that he's gone there. But yeah, Groningen is a, a step up for Van Wonderen, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do there next year. Um, I think at the bottom of the table, I think if you want to discuss the teams that are there. I think Peck's four are done, dusted. See you later. Um, mm. <laughs> they're not going to pick up any wins in the second half of the season. But the team that have really, really disappointed me this year have been Sparta Rotterdam. And considering that Hank Fraser did such a good job with them before, he just doesn't seem to be able to inspire them this year. And Yeah, they're lacking a bit of inspiration, aren't they? They've still got that defensive resoluteness about them yeah. in a way, but they're just not scoring any goals. They're not, and you think that you've got Leonard Ty, who's over the past few years has been 
reliable scorer in their division. They've got Amegas coming through, who looks like a good prospect, but they aren't scoring goals. And even when he thought that they played RKC on Wednesday, they had a chance to win that. He left both Ty and Amega on the bench, went with Engels for the middle. Yeah. It just didn't work. Um, I know that today they've been linked to a move for Damal of Utrecht. Mm-hmm. I think by Football International saying that they want to get him in because goals are the big problem that they need to find a goal scorer or they're going to be bottom three I think it right now you've got to say the bottom three is Pixel are down Fortuna Sittard are in big trouble and then it's between Sparta and, and RKSA for me to get no, dropped like a stone they've lost eight in a row and they're only just above the relegation zone now Surely now they come into the equation too. I can't, I can't believe that they're in this position. I thought they'd be like mid-table or just below that. But the way they've just dropped down the table. Yeah, I would say it's very worrying for them, but I do think they have the players that can get them out of it. I think they've got enough there to eventually turn it around, whether it's going to be a case of... I don't think they'll change the manager because I think that Fred Grimm will be given time to, to sort it and yeah. maybe they'll make a couple of signings in, in January, but... It's very worrying for them, especially after what happened last season as well, where they flirted with relegation. But I think that there's four teams that are in big trouble right now. Um, I think you can pretty much write off Pex Vola right now. And even they knew that. I mean, they sacked their coach and they brought in a head coach that has no experience. So I think they knew that this season is basically right off and they're already starting to plan for for next year in the second division. Um, but I think it's going to be tight. Even you look at the table, you, you still say that Heracles are, are in there. Yeah. Um, Cronin aren't out of it, and they're only six points above it, but I think that they should be enough. And then you've got to go ahead, he goes on 21 points, eight points above relegation zone. I think they'll be be fine. Um, but yeah, if I was a, a Fortuna fan or an RKC fan, I'd be thinking that they'll probably get dragged into the bottom three. Um, by end of the season. It'll be between RKC and Fortuna to finish 17th, I think. I think with Fortuna, they've not changed much from last season, really. The coach is the same all day, and I think that at some point, they'll win a few games, and that, that'll just get them out of trouble. But it has, hasn't happened yet, still. But they did so well last season that something's going to click again. But then you could say something about Sparta. So something's, something's got to give, I think. I, I think that we won't see them struggling the way they are for so long. I think one of the teams will pull away, but which one will it be? Will it be Fraser? Will Fraser leave and somebody else comes in at Sparta? I can say I think we'll just keep chugging tr- tr- along um, the way they are because they're playing and getting points kind of as you'd expect, just above the relegation zone. But if a team can get some wins and pull away, they're the ones that are going to drop in. Um, what was I going to finish with today? I think that actually that may well have been it today. Um, So thanks everyone for listening in and do drop us a like if you've enjoyed this podcast and leave us a comment about something we've talked about today. Get involved, get in in conversation with us and the people in the comments. Um, And yep, there's plenty more on the Football Adani website to come over the festive break uh, and also on all of our platforms. So do keep an eye out. We're not stopping necessarily. Um, things will be happening even if football has kind of died down. The transfer window is about to open. Uh, we'll be all over that for you. So, yeah, give us give us a like. Um, subscribe onto here if you are new. And have a great festive break if you celebrate Christmas. And Happy New Year to you as well. Um, lots more to come from football at Anya very soon. 
I think just a little shout out if you haven't checked it out yet um, and you're interested that on SoundCloud, there is a, a full interview that um, I did with Billy Ashcroft, who used to play for FC Twente in the 80s. He talked about playing against the likes of Krauf and um, Van Harnagem. So go, go and listen to what he had to say about that. He talked about lots of things in football too. It's quite a relaxed conversation. Um, worth listening to if you fancy it. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. Have a great new year and we'll see you very soon.